The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Tonight's Shapeshifter by my calculation is not yet 30 yet. Tonight's Shapeshifter um, is revolutionizing the way in which hotel and hostel accommodation is being run across Durban, Joburg and Cape Town. His name is Becky Dube. Becky is the founder and CEO. I've been debating with myself mostly today, Becky, whether you are curiosity or curiosity. Help me on that one, please, Becky. Thank you for having me, Bruce, and uh, to all the listeners. I think it's however your tongue wishes to pronounce it, as long as you're curious and wanting to explore the cities and the spaces we are at. <laughs> I, I like curiosity. What do you call it? It's curiosity. I it's like really it. a play on words between being curious when you're traveling, wanting to connect with spaces, but also really our commitment to the regeneration of South African cities, African cities, and connecting these spaces um, for both local and internationals to immerse themselves in. Well, what sort of travel experience have you got? Um, the stuff I read about you doesn't talk about your personal experiences. It just talks about somebody who starts working very, very hard at a very young age and doesn't seem to have stopped. No, yeah. I mean, we we started Curiosity. Yeah, at a very. I started it at a very young age, at age 21, and um, we've been running for about eight years, and we've grown across South African cities. And really, what we try to encourage is to offer accommodation and travel experiences and great food and beverage components in whatever city or location we are in, in the interim in South Africa, and looking more into the broader African continent. Do you have any formal sort of food and beverage training? Um, did you study this stuff at all? Yeah, so um, firstly, Bruce, I think I believe that we, we are all descendants of African griots, storytellers, writers, poets. And what really curiosity has become, it's a, an extended version of us trying to share the history, the heritage of the cities and spaces that we are in. I didn't study any formal tourism uh, or hotel management. I basically went into it with a blind vision and was able to grow and expand the business. However, the talent that we've brought in from basically our inception till to date, they either come from hotel schools, from the communities that we are in, and uh, they've been come part and parcel of what's basically revolutionizing and growing this new hybrid accommodation concept in Africa. Because you're not, you didn't start just yeah, by starting up a, an accommodation establishment. You started at the age of 16 doing walking tours. Correct. You did what, what you call main street walks. And that part of Johannesburg has got phenomenal history. I mean, downtown Johannesburg from Joburg Central Police Station, uh, from the mines, from the migrant labor stories, Chancellor House, the original Chancellor House, uh, is in that part right. of town. Um, you've got you know, the, the epicenter of power and industry. The JSE is in that part of town um, what was your motivation at the age of 16 to start these walks yeah no you're very right bruce um you know i, I grew up in a very fascinating neighborhood just on the off skirts of johannesburg called troyville amongst artists socialists rebels of great consciousness and some of the best minds of our time and um that really shaped my passion for downtown Johannesburg. You know, I grew up going to spaces like the Collector's Treasury, the Wamai Mai traditional healers market, Upper Carlton Center. And for me, it fascinated me that Johannesburg had so many hidden treasures 
um, that most people were very much reluctant to visit, both from a domestic and an international level. And I guess I was just at the right place at the right time in the year 2008, when the Maboneng precinct was starting to really transform what, what, what is Johannesburg, um, you know, inner city. And I saw an opportunity to really take people off the bus, off the car, take off the blinkers and say, come, let's explore Johannesburg at grassroots level. And let me show these hidden treasures of great entrepreneurial stories, of great innovation happening in the inner city, of great architecture. And let's go under the city skin and explore these spaces. And from taking people on these walking tours, I re then realized that they were not just interested in coming into the city and mere rubbernecking for three hours and flying off or running away to the northern suburbs, but they were also interested in really leaving, working and engaging in the inner city. And that's how the concept of curiosity was born, to really try and merge my travel experiences or my tours as well as accommodation. And then that way you're able to have a, 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 a bigger impact on people's um, minds on people's itineraries when they come to visit basically Johannesburg. I mean, it's one of the things that we, you know, why people travel. You want to go and have authentic experiences, no matter where it is that you go. Uh, and you want to really get to know local people. You want to get to know uh, local cultures and have local experiences and be shown things that don't appear in, in, in necessarily in guidebooks. And um, that's what you know, Nicholas Bauer has tried to do with Lala and Jair. He was uh, uh, one of the founders of Lala and Jair, doing Hillbrow walking tours and showing off the Ponty building of of course, um, on the opposite side of town sure. to you. Um, and, and it's just wonderful that we're seeing these experiences um, with, with real grassroots um, st startup. Um, you do these main street walks. Were, were you doing that? Had you left school or were you sort of doing it part time? Um, how did that so, process, process work? Yeah. So I finished school at the age of 16. I then decided to take a gap year. Uh, trying to really figure it out and um, see what stream of consciousness I would go into. And in parallel to that, I'd basically been studying photojournalism. And when I start to really reflect on it, I think mine has always been to share a story, to capture these stories and share them with the world. So um, it started off with the walking tours. It went to capturing, you know, spaces, places in the inner city, and now it's manifested to become what is curiosity today. Um, how is the city centre? I mean, I know Anglo's has moved out. I mean, you, call, you called your, uh, your company, your first company, Main Street Walks. And, of course, Anglo-American was the primary tenant of Main Street. Anglo-American Platinum was out there. They've all moved into Rosebank, the latest sort of exodus, I suppose, of a large corporate that has been there since uh, long before the dawn of democracy. Um, and I, I just wonder whether we've seen another exodus of big business into, into the burbs. Yeah, I think, you know, what's happened in, the, in, in Johannesburg in a city is that we've seen it reimagine itself, you know. And in classic Johannesburg's history, you know, it's a city that's built itself more than six times and it's constantly reimagining itself. And what we've seen happen is obviously with areas like Neng, Victoria Yards, Bramfontein, Selby, these neighborhoods in the last decade have really played a crucial role in basically just regenerating and revitalizing Johannesburg. And what we've seen happen now is that boutique new entrepreneurs have taken over the inner city, reimagining their concepts, creating cool concepts, 
creating scalable businesses, trying to reimagine the inner city of Joburg. And I think with additions like, you know, the dual city precinct, that's really combined what was the Maboning precinct and the APSA precinct, Gandhi Square, all the way to where the old Anglo offices were. It's created what effectively we've been all yearning for, this idea of a corridor of freedom in Johannesburg. And I think we're going to see young and small businesses come in, take ownership in the inner city, and really play their part in one, creating jobs, and two, entrepreneurship, and three, really, I think, creating safe havens for people to come and explore and immerse themselves in Johannesburg at grassroots level. Joby gets a, a hell of a bad rap. I mean, you know, so often Yusuf Abramji will post a picture of somebody getting mugged at the small street mall. And, um, and it's, just, it's got a reputation, of course, for being a scary and violent place. What is security like in downtown Joburg today? Yeah, I mean, you know, to, to say it's all safe would be a lie. Um, but, you know, I like to say Joburg is a city of cruelty with even greater miracles of kindness. However, there is really great strategies that are being put in place. You know, you've got urban space management improvement districts that are happening. You've got building owners coming together, trying to play their part in really just the cleaning of the of the blocks, implementing security solutions in the inner city. We've seen groups like um, uh, QMIC, you know, with the guys at Hallmark House and Jewel City come in as well, robustly putting in security solutions. And, and that's how change is made. You know, you don't wait for the government to come and implement, but we, we do it as a community, we do it as a collective, and eventually they'll grasp on um, when they see the success stories of what we're doing in our neighborhoods, you know. It took us in Maboneng to really revitalize, regenerate the city for it to eventually, you know, being named under 12 best neighborhoods in the world on Forbes. So that change really has to begin within, with, within our communities. It has to start with us and eventually the powers that be will, will jump on when we've got momentum. You've got properties in Joburg, in Cape Town, and I think in Durban as well. Um, the first one is in Joburg and you're 21 years old. What is that property that you, do you buy it? Do you rent it? Talk to me about that first, um, that leap of faith you take um, into, into accommodation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Bruce, you know, I was very, very lucky at, at the age of 21 that I met like-minded developers that were interested in really backing my idea. So at age 21, I was able to secure a property right on Fox Street in Johannesburg. It's an old printing house that used to belong to Pacific Press. So it comes with a lot of history and heritage. Pacific Press used to print a lot of publications for the fighting talk, for the Black Sash movement. So the premises in which we occupy actually used to house or hide people like Nelson Mandela, Joslovo, Tokyo Sefwale, as they edited the fighting talk. So in rewriting and retaining that history, you know, we've called our bar and restaurant the hideout bar and have really brought in elements of, 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 of that history into, into the design elements of the property. So I was very lucky to really get um, great backing to be able to secure the property at 21. And from there, really, the idea of scale was born. You know, um, people were coming into Johannesburg, spending three nights. We're the first really hostile hotel component in the inner city of Johannesburg. And people were going to the Kruger National Park, going hiking in the Drakensberg, Durban, Cape Town. And I started thinking that, no, man, if one wants to really make real change in this travel industry, you need to scale this and own the travel map across the country as a short-term goal. So we went and we opened our Durban site in the year 2016. That ran for a good four years on a lease basis. 
we're reimagining ourselves now in Durban, trying to go to more greener pastures in the Mshanga area. Um, you know, as Durban has been very resilient in terms of the domestic uh, travel market. And then in the year 2019, we opened our flagship uh, hybrid hotel in Greenpoint in Cape Town. And also there, you know, trying to bring in elements of the history heritage of Greenpoint, but also reimagining what one, a black space in Cape Town should look like, and two, what a destination in Cape Town should be. And um, I must say as well, you know, we've gone and opened a location out in the cradle of humankind, which is a farmhouse. And really what it tries to encourage is for people to connect to themselves, others, and nature. Um, what what is what motivates you? What drives you? This is a, a hell of a project. I mean, it's tough enough running a business in one place at once, particularly when it comes to the service industry, where you 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 can't have your finger on every pulse all the time. And now you are in four different locations, doing four fundamentally different things in four different, effectively geographic and city areas. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, there's multiple. I think just motivations you know in the beginning obviously one is passion driven and then at some point excel spreadsheets dictate and you've got commitment <laughs> in terms of the people you employ um and also you know if as i said earlier i think if you really want to create enough change and transformation we speak a lot about transformation in the tourism industry it one side can't you know create enough change it needs to be 10 20 it needs to be an african continent and that's how we really create um, value and uh, transform this industry. I'm looking forward to finding out more from you in just a moment, Becky Dube, as to where your next expansion point is too and um, what sort of partnerships you've got in new territories. Because um, in the research that I do on so many businesses, you know, it is about the partners that you have. It is about the insight that you have. It's about the local knowledge so often that you have. And you started out in Joburg in an area that you knew intimately and you had the good local knowledge. Let's talk about partnerships and how you expand and how you grow this concept of curiosity the founder and chief executive Becky Dube this evening on The Money Show. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Becky Dube, founder and CEO of Curiosity, a range of uh, tourism uh, operations across uh, three different cities, plus, of course, in the cradle of humankind as well. How have the disruptions to tourism during COVID-19 impacted you, Becky? It must have been absolutely devastating um, to constantly have to postpone, delay, refocus, change direction. (laughs) Yeah, completely. I mean, we, we've had to reimagine ourselves anew every day. And I think, you know, part of the COVID really experience has forced us to either think bold or not make it. And now, you know, we're back in the level five strategies, trying to make sure that we keep doors open, we keep talent in our spaces that we're in, so that when things do eventually fully open up again, um, we were able to open doors to the number of guests that we, we, we offer services to. So it's been really, I mean, sleepless nights, um, restructuring, cutting down costs, um, being innovative, trying to focus on green offshoots that have, you know, risen during this particular time um, and reimagining our business models every day. It's a really hard thing to do um, when it comes to the sort of business management of this. I mean, do you have 
chartered accountants and things working with you and assisting you because the complexity of forecasting and the complexity of managing cash flows and the complexity of operating in the ordinary um, run of business when you've got passengers, you know, you've got potential visitors coming through the door all the time is one thing. It's completely different when you've got fixed assets that require management 100% of the time and you just simply don't have people coming through the door because tourism, you know, ebbs and flows in extremes as it has in recent years. No, completely, you know. I mean, we, we've got a very strong uh, exco you know, team that's been able to really pull up their socks during this time, negotiate bond accounts, negotiate certain subscriptions that we're subscribed to. But yeah, at the end of the day, you know, it's also about motivating the current teams that are in place just to make sure that basically they almost see hope at the end of this entire COVID thing. You know, we thought by now, you know, we're gearing up for this festive season. We're gearing up yeah. for the summer, hoping that we'll make the most of it. And um, just a week in before December, you then basically, um, there's travel bans being imposed and that really takes you back really to, to you know, square one and you have to reimagine yourself again. But you're not sitting on your laurels. You are somebody who is deeply energized. You're somebody who is motivated by success. You're somebody who wants to expand this business beyond South Africa's borders. Where do you intend taking this this concept and it's a it's a I don't know is it a budget hotel is hostels I mean it's it's inexpensive but character filled and historically relevant accommodation I mean that's the brand essence completely yeah so I mean what what curiosity really is is a hybrid hotel and experiences model you know you can come in and you get a bed for a night for 300 rents but also you can get a premium suite for 2500 rand so this really caters to either that millennial traveler who's just backpacking around the world for a year or an intelligentsia, this is a CEO of a business who picks up an article and reads about us and wants to come and immerse and connect with Johannesburg at grassroots level. You know, um, I remember you, you, you were speaking about Nicholas Bauer earlier. I mean, the first Hilborough tour that ever happened in Johannesburg in years, we took, I think, a group of 40 people to Hilborough. And, and that's what ended up really birthing what became Zalanje and the initiatives ah. around it. So, so it's, it's quite a very immersive experience. And um, we're very committed to really growing within South Africa as a short-term goal. You know, we're looking at sites in Rosebank and Sandton. We're looking at sites in Hlanga. And if there's anyone with, who wants to exit and looking at offloading those assets to us, um, we, we, we're looking for sites there. Um, we want to be in the Kruger National Park um, and we want to really own the travel map in Africa. You know, you can imagine just buying one ticket that takes you through South Africa with curiosity, your accommodation experiences, travel is all taken care of. And we see ourselves basically as leaders within that um, experiential travel concept in South Africa and into the rest of the continent. And yeah, I think when we start to to cast our net further fields afar, you know, we, we believe in a borderless Africa. We believe that travel can really connect this continent. And we're looking at slam dunk locations across Africa, you know, in Tanzania, in Rwanda, in Victoria Falls, uh, in Ghana, in Mozambique. Um, and would love to partner with like-minded individuals and entrepreneurs that want to really share our passion that we have in hospitality and travel. But it is about partnerships, isn't it? I mean, no, no business can, like, I think, expand through the African continent without good local knowledge and, and true or, you know, granular 
local knowledge. And that local knowledge only comes from finding great partners. And so many businesses have come unstuck through choosing the wrong partners. Um, how how much sort of, uh, sort of guidance have you got in terms of, of that part of the business? Because it's very time-consuming. It requires deep insight. It requires you know, very, I think, strict um, sort of uh, checking of credentials and making sure that you are of the same sort of mind. Yeah, completely. So, I mean, you know, we've learned a lot of lessons. We, we are local here in South Africa and we've got our feet on the ground and we'll use basically the same model that we've used here in South Africa to, to grow into other parts of the African continent. So, as I said, you know, it's really finding entrepreneurs who want to grow in, who have a passion for hospitality and travel, um, who are local griots uh, within the environment and know their neighborhoods better than anyone. And it's about really, you know, uh, finding those type of individuals and we grow with them within those spaces, either through management agreements or we grow with them through um, franchising models um, and, yeah, partnering with that particular locale in, 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 the, in the neighborhood. Massively ambitious. Becky Dube, founder and chief executive of Curiosity.